We're going to get started. You could say this is the uh, beginning of the end. (laughs) Because we are going to talk about end times. So we're going to talk about what a lot of people are already talking about, you know, especially with different elections coming up and those kind of things. But what's going on? Is there going to be an end of the world? Are we living in the end times now? There's theories out there. Uh, There's people that are saying this. Another planet's going to smash into us and we'll be blown into bits. Aliens are going to take over. Uh, you know what's big right now is zombies. I mean, yeah, so go, go figure. The, the sun will fry us. A small group believe that evolving cats get thumbs and do us in. I'm just teasing. I don't know if that's out there. But <laughs> Jesus said that no one knows the day or the hour. If somebody says, I know the exact time when he's coming back, they do not know. And uh, so the, the Bible is very clear with that. We want to start today by building a foundation and uh, there might be some this morning uh, in either service that are going to say, well, you know what, Brett, I'm not a Christian or, you know, I like going to church or I, I, you know, I'm this is where I sit. I'm kind of on the fence or whatever. And they're going to say, this is kind of weird. Let me just be up front. Yeah, it is. It's weird. I mean, because there's a lot of stuff going on that's almost like behind or beyond our, our normal comprehension. And uh, so, yeah, but a portion of the Bible, as you know, deals with prophecy. Um, the coming of what's happening in the future in the Old Testament uh, was talked about the coming of the Messiah. You know, that's what all the Old Testament was about. He's coming. That Messiah is coming. People were waiting on the Messiah to come. And he was born of a virgin. And whether you, you're saying, I don't believe in prophecy, you can say that all you want, but you've got to admit he did come. And so now we're faced with this. OK, he's here. So skeptics now are looking at at OK, um, now that he's here, well, you know, let's, let's try to prove this out. And what we're finding with the skeptics is they're getting saved because all the information they're finding, they can't refute it because the stuff is really true. So they're trying to, to find out, did this get fulfilled? It did. And now they are like, okay, oh my goodness, what do I do with what I know? And they're convinced now. They can't dispute actual facts. What's crazy is there's five times, now listen to this, five times more prophecies about the second coming of jesus as there were about the first one so um so now they're thinking okay well you know he came the first time pretty good chance he's coming again so um in the weeks to come this is what we're going to be looking at and i'm just going to tell you i'm human i'm going to do my best i will probably you know i'll interpret them the way that i feel god gives them to me but i'm going to do my best to stay with scripture you know and how these things go um whoever's teaching and i mean because we are human i'm not going to say that everything i say is the letter of law i'm going to do my best to stay right with the word okay that's going to be my promise i'm going to do my best you know we've heard in this arena there's pre-trib mid-trib post-trib so you get the idea so we're going to we're going to lay a foundation next week we're going to talk about your end times what happens after jesus comes back and the people are gone that believe in him and we're going to believe you're going to be gone Okay, if, if you're not, we're going to we're going to look at some of those things. But um, according to Scripture, where do we go as Christians? We're going to look at that next week. What's heaven like? What are we? Are we judged as Christians? Um, how are those judged who are not Christians? And we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff. What will eternity be? What's that mean? And so we're going to kind of look at that. Then in the third week, we're going to just kind of take a survey of the book of Revelation. So we're going to kind of look at that. Uh, I'm going to pull out some important verses that I think are going to deal with the main things that we need to talk about. And uh, we'll probably cover a bazillion verses in a few weeks and hopefully answer a bazillion questions. 
Uh, and, but today we're going to look at Thessalonians. And I, just to give you a little bit of backdrop, these are first century Christians, and they were convinced that Jesus was coming, and he was returning, and he was coming back at any moment. That's their thing. They are like, man, he's going to come back, like maybe Monday or, or maybe Friday, you know, or whatever, whatever, maybe today. I mean, they're convinced, and these are first century Christians, that he is coming back, and they're freaking out, in a sense. They're, they're like, what's going to happen to those that have already passed away? That, were, that believed in Jesus, but they've already died. What's going to happen to those? So this is kind of a little bit of the backdrop of where we're talking about today, okay? And so we're gonna, I'm going to give you a big chunk of Scripture that Paul put out there, and we're going to look at it kind of verse by verse. So that's the plan for today. Turn to your neighbor and say, okay, I'm in. Good, good deals. Good to know that you're with me here. First, that sounds like I'm lisping every time I say this. First Thessalonians. Sound like Daffy Duck, don't I? Duck season, wabbit season. First Thessalonians uh, 4, 13 through 18. <coughs> First Thess... Oh, boy. That, that chapter 4, 13 through 18. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. So today I want to, I'm going to give you three reasons. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three reasons. They all start with R pretty much that we have hope for, okay? Kind of like Sesame Street. Today's letter is R. Near, far. Okay, we're going to talk about, about that. Here's number one, the return. If you're taking notes, the first thing is the return. Jesus is coming again. He talked about it. In John 14, 3, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said, I will return. I'm coming back. He did that line before Schwarzenegger ever even thought of it. He's the one that created, I'll be back. So Jesus is coming again. And they were excited about the return of Jesus. And they had a greeting they would use. And I just had you use it, although I mispronounced it. But still, this was the greeting. And not like today, like, hey, what's up, dude? You know, how's it going? Laters! You know, not that kind of greeting. But this was a greeting, and it was called Maranatha. Did I say that right? Close enough. Maranatha. And what they do is they would grab the hand of another believer, and they would look them in the eye, and they would say, Maranatha. And literally, what that means is our Lord is coming. They were excited. That's how they greeted one another. So they had anticipation. Jesus is returning. So there is, there's even scripture that says if you, uh, for those that are excited about the Lord's return, there's a crown for you in heaven. If you're excited about him coming back, he's got a crown for you in heaven. Sadly, I think a lot of us, even though we're believers, we really aren't really that excited because there's still things we want to do. We still have a bucket list. Oh God, don't come back yet because... You know, or this or that, or I, you know, I want to have kids, I need to get married, I need this and this and this, and I get it, and I understand all that. But there, the Bible does talk about a crown. I want him back, don't you? Verse 14, back to Thessalonians, 
says this, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him or bring with him those who sleep. Does that mean that's the guy in the back row that's sleeping while I'm preaching? It's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Nudge him, will you? <laughs> it's not what he's talking about. I'm talking about those who have died as Christians. You know, in a sense, we don't, you know, we're not really that we're, the Bible talks about us being asleep. In other words, we're just at rest. We're, we're in a state where we're with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But we are waiting on this, this thing in time to happen. How many are with me? That's what's going on. So the Greek word for asleep is used 14 times in the Bible. 14. John 11 talks about Lazarus. And Jesus said, you know, he had died and he, he was sleeping and all that stuff. The, the girl, Jairus' daughter, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. Verse 16 of Thessalonians says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now remember this. God created the world with words. He created the world. He spoke it into existence. And we need to understand when we're talking about, I mean, this is going to be the greatest event of the world. There's times in Scripture where, you know, you have to hear God's voice in a whisper or, you know, is it in this or is it in that? But God is whispering and you're hearing that small, still voice of the Holy Spirit. But this time, this time, my friends, there's going to be shouting and, and the blast of the trumpet from God. And this is what I'm, you know, you're saying, well, why? Because this is better than script Ohio. This is better than that big drum major coming out and finally dotting the eye. This is better than the Super Bowl. This is even better than the Browns beating the Steelers. Matter of fact, this is better than the Browns beating anybody. <laughs> this is actually the greatest victory in the history of the world. And it demands the greatest shout. And once all the shout and the trump have sounded, then the dead in Christ shall rise first. Who are the dead in Christ? All the believers that went before us, that died before this event, before Jesus comes back, that's the dead in Christ. That's those that are still with the Lord, and he's waiting to resurrect them. Is that not cool? That's, that, I think that's pretty cool. Paul is talking to these believers, and he told them that their loved ones who were Christians that had died, they're going to rise first. He's saying, you don't have to be mourning. You'll see them again. Matter of fact, they're going to be first to meet him in the air. That's what he's telling them. So I'm going to explain. There's two resurrections. There's the first resurrection and the second. Boy, that's pretty easy, wasn't it? There's two. There you go. First, if those who were Christians, they'll be raised from the dead. Those are those that were dead in Christ. They're going to, they're just, man, bing, and they're there. The second resurrection, now listen to this one, is for those who are not known as Christians and are known, and that will be the resurrection of the dead, and that's going to be in a little bit. But they'll be judged very differently than those that were believers. The Christians will be judged at what the Bible calls the Bema judgment. The Bema judgment is, it's, heaven is not an issue. You have already made heaven. It is not whether you're going to go to heaven or, or be sent to eternal damnation and hell. This is not at, at the question. You have already made heaven. This is being judged on what you were given from God. What did you do with what he has given you to do? What did you do with the gifts that he put with you? What did you not do with those? That's what you're going to be judged on. What was of the Lord or what was just you? You know what I'm saying? You're going to be judged on that kind of stuff. 
That's the beam of judgment. Heaven is our, you've already made heaven. That's not in question. The non-Christians will be judged at what they call, the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. And their works, no matter how good they are, are not enough to get them into heaven. Their name will not be found in the Lamb's book of life because they didn't accept the Lord before this time. They'll be punished eternally, separated from God, and they'll be destined for a very real place. Just as sure as there is a heaven, there is a hell. Revelation 20, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And there's a whole lot of stuff in Revelation. And we'll do our best in the next three weeks. I mean, because we're going to hopefully within the next three weeks, we'll answer even more questions because you may this may be like, OK, but the Bible talks about a thousand year reign. And, and so some of that you're going to hear in and out of what we're talking about. But the second death is when, you know, you, oh, what's that? If you're part of the first resurrection, the second death we just read has no power. In other words, if you're a believer and you have, you know, you pass away before the Lord comes back. You're going to make heaven. You're going to you're going to rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, The second death has no power. It means now you're going to hang with me here. You can be born once and die twice. Or you can be born twice and die once. Think about what I just said. You can be born once and die twice. Or born twice and die once. What's that mean? You can, be, you can be born as a normal person. Normal baby delivery. If that is the only time you were born. You will die twice. You will die a physical death. And then when you stand before God. At the great white throne judgment. You will die basically. A, a spiritual death. You will die again. Or the good news is. If you're born twice. You only die once. How can you be born twice? Nicodemus asked that question. How can I get, I can't go back inside my mom again. How can we do that? So born as a baby, meaning once physically, and then born again spiritually, when you are born again. When you've asked Jesus in your heart, you're born twice. You're reborn again spiritually into the family of God. Your old life is gone, completely forgiven. You are born twice. How many know what YOLO means? YOLO! You know what that means? You only live once. That's what most people say before they do something really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I'll do this. Yeah. (laughs) YOLO! (laughs) But if I could be Yoda for just a second, listen to me. Mm, You will. We could yell, YODO. You only die once. If we would think about, Lord, I just want to be where you want me. I want to give my heart to you. I don't want to go through this twice. I mean, skeptics can't even prove the Bible wrong. They prove it right and they get saved. I want to be Yodo, not you. I don't want to. I mean, I know we only get one time around. I get that, but I want to use some wisdom with it. And I want to know that, God, I, no matter what, I'm one of yours. So our, our second R, point number two, the rapture. Living Christians are taken away. Verse 17 of Thessalonians again. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So if this is, if we're alive, this is the sequence, this is going to happen. Just kind of like in the video that we, 
we saw, you know, there's there's a wedding going on, marriage, they're going to be people just the world's going to go on like, you know, just like it does. And then Jesus is coming back. The word or the phrase caught up comes from the Greek word harpozo. It means to be seized, to be taken out, rescued, snatched away. The actual word rapture is not in the in the Bible. We we derive that word from just what I'm talking to you about right now. About being taken away, being sucked out of there, just being taken away. The the meaning of that definitely is in there. There's four different levels of belief or four different that people talk about. They talk about pre-trib. That's what happens if uh, before the tribulation period. In other words, Jesus is coming back before that seven-year tribulation period and the believers will be taken out before that period begins. There is mid-trib. That means that he's coming back right in the middle of that in three and a half years before it gets real ugly. He's going to take us out then. And then there's post-trib. You're going to live through the tribulation, the seven years of, of terrible nastiness, or three and a half of those anyway. Uh, and then he's going to take us out. And then there's the pan-trib. Or the Peter Pan trip. It's just all going to pan out. We don't really go with that one. But I'm going to tell you my belief. I, I personally believe in pre-trib. And that is, I think, Scripture points more to that. I see God rescuing his people uh, and doing the things that he has uh, been consistent in Scripture to do. Um, I believe that he's going to take us away. And I think in Matthew, Scripture proves that out, I believe. Matthew 24, 39 through 44. <coughs> excuse me, says this, did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. Then two men who will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief would come, he'd have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming in an hour you do not expect. If you're a believer in Jesus, this is really serious stuff. This is stuff that just you need to keep in mind. He's returning. The trumpet will sound. We've got to be ready. We don't know when. It could happen at any time. It could happen today. It could happen while we're talking right now. It could happen at lunch today. There could be families eating at a table and and two or three are gone and the other remain. There could be people at a computer, one gone, the other still there. Be ready, be sold out, doing the Father's business. Not half-hearted, not lukewarm, but be ready. Maranatha, he's coming again. There's two kinds of people in this world. Those that wear PJs and those that do not. (laughs) Revelation, I'm just going to help you here. No condemnation, no judging, I just want to help you. Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I'm coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches, keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. New Living says, look, I'll come unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are those who are watching me. Keep their clothing ready so they'll not have to walk around naked and ashamed. Honestly, this is talking about spiritual, but I'm just trying to tell you, just in case, just be ready. <laughs> we don't know when he's coming. I'm just trying to help. Pajama people, don't point at anybody else. Just telling you. Number three of our R's, the reunion. Christians will be with God forever. Verse 17 and 18. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We'll be with the Lord forever. Forever. Forever is a long time. Never ends. What's that mean? It means no more pain. 
It means no more sadness, no more sin, no more heartache, no more brokenness, no more disease, no more sickness, no more poverty, no more starving children, no more divorce, no more loneliness, no more cancer, no more junk. You'll be with the Lord forever. And any sort of tear, any sort of, he's going to wipe it away. So what do we do as believers in the end times? Store up food and weapons so in battle come and try to take it we shoot them all for the glory of god no i had to put that in there but no we should comfort and encourage one another with these words he's coming back he knows your name he's going to take us away with him we should live with an urgency share the good news with others there's people in third world countries and we'll, you know, we're going to, like I said, next year, our church, Lord willing, we're going to be going to Peru. You know, and if you want to be part of that missionary trip, that's going to be awesome. But there are people in, in other countries that know nothing. Mal went to uh, the Dominican Republic. These kids are just longing. Tell me about Jesus. Give me hope. They live in dirt floors. Fleas and rats and people waste and digging through trash for food. Their bodies smell of urine and caked with and your heart just breaks. They're saying, tell me he's coming. If you can tell them about Jesus, they're all in because the life they have is terrible. See, we live in America. We have a great nation. We're so used to comfort. What do we do? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 58. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. The twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corrupt corruptible is put on incorruption and this mortal is put on immortality, then shall be uh, brought to the past the saying that's written death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, Hades, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the lord and here's the application in the niv so just that was new king james the niv says it this way and i won't read the whole thing but it says therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always giving yourselves fully to the work of the lord because you know that your labor in the lord is not in vain just give it to the Lord. What are you doing for the Lord? What has he given you? Some uh, today in the sound of my voice are saying, Brett, I'm, I'm not part of that family yet. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to use any scare. I'm just telling you the reality of what this is is truth. He is coming back. I can't, I can't tell you when. But I can tell you he's coming. I can tell you he is coming back. So what would you do? If you believed you knew he was coming back, would you live differently? What would you do? Would you live your life on purpose? Would you, would you tell your children, you, you must believe, I've got to show you. You know, you, when you have kids, you are the biggest influence in their life. No matter what the school sa says, if you will be the parents God called you to be, you'll be the most influential person in their life. They not only, you can tell them one thing, but let me tell you, they watch how you live. They watch what you do. Be that person for them. 
Make it count. Live your life on purpose. Don't waste it. My friends, he's coming back in the twinkling of an eye. That's pretty quick. The dead in Christ will rise first. The Bible, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, and, and we will, hopefully, in the next few weeks, we'll get a lot of these answered, but the Bible talks about we'll know those that went before us. We'll know who they are. The people that were your friends or, or loved ones. You know, the other day, I'm, I'm you know, doing study on this thing, and I'm, I'm just thinking, and I was just thinking to myself, I miss my grandmother. I do. I, I, I loved her dearly. She helped raise me. My folks both worked. Um, and so grandma watched me and my sister through the day a lot of times when we were growing up. And uh, she was very close to, to my sister and myself. We just loved Grams. And uh, I was doing study on this, and I just thought, Grams, I'm, I miss you. But one day, I get to see Grams again. One day, I'll get to see her again. And I don't know if in my the back of, uh, you know, over on the other side by a wall or something, I'll hear, Laws! <laughs> Bratsy! <laughs> She's the only one who can call me that, by the way. I, I've said that before. <laughs> if any of you try that, the ushers will take you out. Just... But she, she'd say, you know, and she'd make stuff. And, I mean, just I started thinking of all the, the things that, you know, we've talked about over the years and, and some of the wisdom she's put in my life and the differences she's made. Folks, I'm telling you, if you believe anything, believe that Jesus is coming back. And ask yourself this, am I ready? Will I, will I be ready when he comes, if he would come today? I mean, if you're like, well, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. I'm going to. You know, and I'm going to tell you one story, and I'll have my wife come to the keyboard. We're going to end this uh, thing this morning. Um, you know, we, we witness to people. That's our, that's our job. Go into all the world and and preach the gospel sometimes we use words but she had a friend that she wanted to tell about the lord and and finally made the appointment to do that and uh so they were going to see each other i think it was on the on the monday but the girl had went to a party on a friday or sat saturday night i think and uh, they tried to outbeat a train and she didn't make it and so we had to bring that news back to my wife her she was going to meet her the next day at 10 or 11 in the morning and she was all excited. She was ready to tell her about Jesus and, and all of that. And she did not get that opportunity. You know, and so we have to say, Lord, I want to be ready. You know, there, and in the same respect, around the same time frame, the Lord had told me to tell a, a gentleman I, I'd worked with, tell him about me. And the guy was staring at me, and I, I didn't want to. I mean, I was just kind of like, I don't know, there's a lot of people around. I want to do that now. I'll tell you what, I'll do it tomorrow. That's what I'll do. I'll do it the next day. That was on a Friday. I'll do it on Monday. I got back to work and whatever. Um, I, and if I'm wrong on the day, it was close. But the very next day that I was back at work, he had died that night. And I, I never got the chance. And so then I, I, you know, then the enemy burns that bridge and, and says, ha, ha, ha. And begins to mess with you about you. You should have told them before. See what you did and da, 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 da. And you have to make up, God, I, I commit to you. I will live my life on purpose. Part of why this church, and that is our vision statement, to live life on purpose is because of how God has, has directed us into doing this. So I want you to be ready. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?